Chapter Three of Miss D. Dunmore Bryant by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three. Aren't things queer? The study in which Judge Dunmore sat reading would certainly have satisfied Daisy Bryant's book-loving heart. Rows and rows and rows of books, in open bookcases and enclosed bookcases, reaching to the ceiling and reaching to the floor. Then there was an elegant study table, and a white, old-fashioned lounge, with cushiony arms, where little Dee Dunmore often curled herself for an afternoon nap. Oh, it was a delightful room! On the evening of which I write, the family were gathered in it, and work was going on which would have relieved Daisy's mind. Mrs. Dunmore had her sewing, and Miss Edith was crocheting a new style of fascinator certainly if sewing and crocheting could venture into this study daisy need worry no more about her mother's work-basket at a side-table under a drop-light the only student the room now contained a young fellow of perhaps fourteen or fifteen bent over his latin grammar little miss d sat almost in the centre of the room caressing a new dolly it still lacked nearly a week of Christmas, but the dolly had arrived by express from an auntie in Paris, and of course could not be left packed all that time. Judge Dunmore was reading the evening paper. Presently he looked up and sent his eyes in search of D. Is that dolly named yet, daughter? No, sir, we can't decide on a name. Edith wants her to be named D after me but I don't quite want two D. Dunmores in the same family. Edith wants it because she likes litter— a pause and a slightly added flush on her cheeks over the unusual word, then the little woman went boldly on, litter shun. A shout of laughter followed, but Mrs. Dunmore made haste to say, alliteration, dear, you had it right, all but the beginning, and a little letter in the middle." well here is a chance for you litter shun and all my son will you excuse the interruption while i read aloud a short letter whereupon he read daisy bryant's letter to the editor quite through something was the matter with his glasses by the time he had finished he took them off and gave them a vigorous rubbing poor little thing said mrs dunmore and her voice trembled it is a lovely name edith said daisy isabel bryant dee that's the very name for your dolly daisy isabel bryant dunmore nothing could be more elegant if i were you i would write to her at once and tell her all about the dolly and describe the study the number of books would suit her i think i shouldn't wonder if she would make a good little correspondent judge dunmore said the editor has given us a facsimile of her letter. The writing is rather crooked, but the spelling is perfectly correct, and the ideas are certainly well expressed. It is very pathetic, I think, said Mrs. Dunmore. Amid all this talk, Dee sat with her arms clasped tightly around her dolly, her eyes meantime looking into space. Dee was doing some very grave thinking on her own account suddenly she burst forth that child ought to have a new dolly of her own 
the idea of her having nothing but an old wooden arm of a chair to love and kiss and put to bed oh dear me papa couldn't we send her a dolly for christmas i really don't know daughter could we how much are you willing to give toward it this was bringing philanthropy down to a fine point miss d had her own small purse and was required to supply herself with certain cheap necessaries such as lead pencils pens pins and the like and was rigidly held to cash accounts and monthly settlements she looked very sober over her father's question her mother tried to relieve her anxiety a neat little dolly such as the child would consider a treasure would cost but a trifle a dollar ought to buy one a quick resolute shake of her head came from d oh no mamma if you please i shouldn't like that at all my dolly is so lovely i wouldn't want to have such a great difference between them a little girl who could plan about a study and all those things would know what a truly nice dolly was don't you think so oh i haven't a doubt of it but could you afford an expensive dolly just now dear d looked troubled again why i could help she said it is so near to christmas time that i am rather poor but i think wouldn't you help by it dear mamma it is benevolence you know how can you prove that d it was the judge who spoke now a dolly is a sort of luxury you see and to give luxuries to the poor is not benevolence is it oh no indeed papa a dolly is not a luxury it is a necessity that is in houses where there are no real babies of course i would rather have a little brother or sister a hundred times but i haven't you know and this daisy hasn't of course or she would say so and papa a little girl couldn't go to sleep without a dolly she couldn't really and besides mamma says my dolly helps me to learn to sew and to care for clothing and plan what is needed in different seasons it helps you in a good many ways doesn't it mamma judge dunmore laughed very well argued he said you have won your case as soon as i learn what your desires are and how much you propose to give towards it yourself i will add my contribution well papa you know i said i was poor and i cannot do much but there is a lovely dolly in mrs streeter's store and she is good mrs streeter is i think she will let us have it for what it cost her she told me it cost her five dollars that would be just the same as her giving something towards it you know i have only twenty-five cents though of my own to give and that's dreadful little do you think we could raise five dollars papa try it said judge dunmore let us see how good an operator you are i will give one dollar towards it oh papa that's a nice beginning mamma how much will you help aren't papa and i one mrs dunmore asked smiling d was ready with her answer if you are mamma you ought to do exactly what papa does i should think there was a sound of clapping of hands from the judge's corner and amid much laughing mrs dunmore declared this logic was overpowering and she might be counted on for a dollar then edith and the young student were assailed 
and after some bantering agreed to fifty cents each it is getting on beautifully dee said her doll laid flat on the floor while her mistress counted her chubby fingers to make sure of the result i know we shall get it all but i'm sorry my part is so small i wanted to ask her to name her dolly for me but i don't like to give only twenty-five cents i could put you in the way of making it a dollar if you chose said mrs dunmore quietly oh mamma how wouldn't that be just lovely the difference between the buttons you chose for your suit and the ones i said would answer is just seventy-five cents d looked grave and businesslike but that wouldn't be my money mamma oh you may do what you please with the seventy-five cents i gave you permission to select the buttons and you have done so if you choose now to take cheaper ones the money thus saved becomes yours d clasped and unclasped her hands thoughtfully mamma those buttons were very ugly they didn't shine a bit they were not so pretty as the more expensive ones of course but they are neat and appropriate silence and perplexity on the part of one then a long-drawn sigh as she stooped to pick up her dolly i hate dull buttons and i don't believe i ever quite like things that are only appropriate if i hadn't bought that blue satin cushion and that queer-shaped little box which broke as soon as i got home i needn't do it but i'm going to you can order the dull buttons mamma and give me the seventy-five cents but won't i be the only one who has made a sacrifice no indeed declared miss edith it was a very great sacrifice for me to give fifty cents i had at least fifty ways of spending it and as for max he is always poor aren't you max i am said the student but i am a great admirer of daisy isabel bryant besides said the mother you ought to be the one to sacrifice if it is to be done this is your scheme you know but what about the other dollar i can get it easily enough said d nodding her head in an assured way there's grandma i don't feel the least bit in the world afraid but that she'll give it now if mrs strader will do her part we are all right i'm going to name my dolly after her i'll write and tell her so and i mean to ask her to write letters to me may i papa i don't know daughter mrs strader seems to me a strange name to call a doll and i should think you would prefer conversing with her rather than correspondence oh why papa papa don't you know i mean the little girl you didn't say so my dear now i have a little plan if yours is arranged to your mind it is easy to read between the lines in that little girl's letter though she didn't intend it there are other than dolls wardrobes needed there i imagine what if we should put the dolly in mrs strader's window dressed ready for travelling hang a purse on her arm and pin the little girl's letter to her dress to tell its story wouldn't that be suggestive enough mamma mrs dunmore agreed that it would certainly be very suggestive and expressed her willingness to put some money in the purse as for d she went into a perfect ecstasy of delight half smothering her papa with kisses 
as a reward for his beautiful thought being an energetic little woman she lost no time and by eleven o'clock of the following morning both grandma and mrs strader having been found gracious the extra dollar was secured the dolly bought and stood in a conspicuous centre of mrs strader's show window that she was a lovely dolly dressed in the perfection of modern style no one could gainsay her elegant hat was a contribution from miss edith dunmore who stayed from the morning concert at corning hall to get it ready for my lady's first appearance truth compels me to tell that she found the feather in a box of castaway finery which had been made ready for the ragman but when it was steamed and curled with a dull-edged knife it really looked elegant moreover miss edith getting deeper and deeper into the spirit of the thing summoned her young friends with their castaway boxes that very afternoon and out of bits of ribbon and velvet and lace and silk and skill manufactured such a toilet as any fashionable young lady the size of this one might admire meantime in the show window miss d dunmore bryant did her pretty work when judge dunmore called he selected a strong and pretty purse and had it fastened to the ribbons of her jacket and a streamer of white ribbon was attached to her hat on which was printed stop and read my story in her hand was placed daisy bryant's printed letter with a few added lines of explanation which the judge himself had written it was pretty to see how interested the people were in that show window it seemed as though almost everybody who came that way paused smiling at the lovely face and curious streamer read smiled again stepped inside and gently took from her pretty kid hand the story read it asked questions of mrs strader then still smiling though some of them had almost tears in their eyes dropped their offering into the purse and went their way no i am wrong some of them lingered for more than that they found mrs strader polite and attentive they found she had many useful and pretty things for sale and sold them at reasonable prices some of them discovered that she was a widow that she was bravely trying to support herself and three children by means of this neat and well-kept store that she belonged to the same church with themselves and that though they had never thought of it before she certainly ought to have some of their patronage that was a good thought of yours my dear said mrs strader to d when on the evening of that first eventful day she called to see how her namesake was prospering i hope you will have more like it come into your pretty head i don't know how much money has been dropped into the purse but i know i have had to empty it three times into that strong locked box on the shelf there to make room for more and i know i never sold so many things in one day before people come in to see miss dolly and see something that they like and buy it people who have never been inside my store before miss d and more than that some of them promise to be good customers of mine after this i can well afford to let you have the dolly for just what i paid for it and i'll add some things to the box she travels in see if i don't i laid awake nights bemoaning my folly in buying so expensive a dolly for my modest little store 
and told myself a dozen times a night that I would never get my money back. And here it is the most useful person who ever looked out of my store window. I'll not forget the little lady, nor the one who named her. It is Papa's thought, Mrs. Strader, said truthful D. I thought about buying the dolly, but I never could have planned anything so nice as sending a present with her. Papa did every bit of that. He is a lawyer, you know, and lawyers always think of things. To her mother, Dee said, Aren't things queer, Mama? You can't do the least little bit of good to anybody without doing good to a lot of other people. There's our Dolly and Mrs. Strader. She says this is going to make her a happy new year, because it will make her square with the old year. She means she will not be in debt. Mama, I didn't understand about being square, so I asked her. And Grandma says giving that dollar for the dolly made her think about those things she has had laid away so long to give to somebody, and she sent a bundle to old Mrs. Barnes this very day. And Papa says when he looked at her little pink and white face, the dollies, I mean, it made him think of that little bit of a girl who lives over the wagon shop, and he sent her father a cartful of things for Christmas, because he is sick, you know, and can't earn them. Aren't things real mixed up and queer? No man liveth to himself, quoted the judge, who was in the library and overheard the talk. That was what the little one means, though she doesn't know how to express it. End of chapter 3